Hello and welcome back to the Ball Report Show. I'm Ryan Sylvia, joined by Noah Taylor. We're with theballreport.com on the Rivals Network, and we are coming off of a win over UTSA, 45-14. Tennessee got out to a fast start and kind of kept the momentum rolling until the third quarter, slipped up a little bit in the third quarter, but ultimately no harm really done. Blowout win for the Vols, a good bounce back from that loss to Florida on the road, but now a big emotional game, a revenge game for Tennessee coming up against South Carolina at home after a really disappointing loss last year in Columbia. So let's first recap some of our thoughts about that UTSA game, and then we'll jump into a bit of a preview for South Carolina. So first things first, were you surprised by that win? Obviously, we both thought Tennessee would win that game. I think we both even had the same margin of victory of 18, but were you surprised kind of how good Tennessee looked to start that game and, and how lopsided that score was? Yeah, I was a little bit. Um, you know, you got the first play, you know, with Milton, obviously with the 81-yard touchdown run. Next thing you know, you're looking up at halftime, it's 31 nothing, And you could argue that that was Tennessee's best half of football this season. Um, if you're talking about being complete on offense and defense, you know, pitching a shutout against a good UTSA team, I know was missing some pieces, but uh, it looks solid, you know, with, with uh, Marburger quarterback in the first or last week against army. Um, I was a little bit ten- surprised that Tennessee jumped out on them as um, easily as they did. I think the third quarter was a little disappointing because you kind of reverted back to, to some of the struggles you'd had in the previous three weeks. Uh, but overall, I thought a solid performance from Tennessee. Yeah, I had a, a kind of a, a similar thought after that first touchdown. It was like, okay, <laughs> we're, we're getting going here. Uh, maybe this one won't be as close if you can bust out a run like that on the first touchdown. And obviously, kind of built off that. And it could have got worse, too. Charles Campbell missing a kick. Yeah, uh, You give UTSA the ball back off of a, a muffed kind of, for some reason, Cam Selden jumped on that punt. Uh, ball comes up, UTSA gets the ball back when Tennessee could have had really good possession. So, all in all, I mean, I mean that that thirty-one to nothing halftime score could have looked worse if a couple few things change, but still an impressive start to that game. You mentioned as well that the third quarter a little bit disappointing, but that's also after kind of Joe Milton gets banged up a little bit, yeah. comes back out with the knee brace. So let's talk a little bit about Joe Milton. What how would how would you say he did? Uh, you can break it up if you want. Talk about that first half in general at first and then after the injury or, or any way you want to talk about it. But what were your thoughts on what Joe Milton did on Saturday? Yeah, I thought it's kind of been the best that he's looked. I, you know, I, I think we both agree in the in the first three weeks, a lot of blame outside the program was kind of heaped on him unfairly. Um, thought, you know, I still think he's obviously the best quarterback they have in that room and best chance they have to win. And that's why he's still that's why he's playing. Um, staff still has a lot of trust in him, and it showed on Saturday. Uh, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there that the, the knee injury, or I don't even want to say injury, but the brace coming on there uh, after that hit late in the second quarter, it probably did slow it up and maybe change Tennessee's game plan a little bit. Maybe that's why they, they were a little bit less aggressive um, in that third quarter. But uh, overall, I mean, just, just kind of the best that he's looked this season, hit some downfield shots. I know a lot of people have been waiting for that. Um, and then obviously the run, you know, how, we haven't really got to see a, him use his legs too much, but and I know that was probably wasn't, you know, Tennessee wasn't expecting an 81 yard touchdown on the first play, but 
um, really showed a lot there uh, with his speed and, and just what he can kind of bring with that element as well, which I think we've kind of been waiting on seeing because uh, we know he's got a lot of physical talent, um, obviously with the arm, but hadn't really got a chance to see him break off a run like that. So obviously kind of a confidence builder for him as well. But I, I think you're right. I think the, the knee brace coming on and with the way that second or first half ended uh, probably limited him a little bit more in the third quarter, but ended up closing out strong in the fourth. Yeah, I, I thought that that was probably his best half of football as well. Uh, getting things started early with that run that, that we've mentioned a few times now, but I, I really think that that built a lot of confidence in this offense to kind of say, all right, we can go out there and, and, and we can really do whatever we need to do against this defense uh, if we can bust out an 81-yard quarterback run to get things started. The longest run by a quarterback in school history, 10th longest by any player uh, that, that'll inspire some confidence when you, when you enter the record, even if you don't know it's a record uh, right then on the field, that, that'll give you some confidence when you're doing stuff to that level. So, yeah, I, I thought he did well. I thought he was pretty accurate with the football. Uh, of course, missed, uh, I think it was eight passes in a row. in yeah. quarter. Some of those hypo admits, yeah, Milton needs to be better. He needs to put that ball in a better spot. He needs to be more accurate. Some of them, he says his receivers need to help him out. Maybe there's a little miscommunication there. So a, a few things went into it. All in all, a quarterback needs to be better in those situations. You can't miss eight balls in a row. But I think a little bit of that does come with the, the tweaking of the knee, whatever you want to call it. Clearly there's something if he comes out with a knee brace. Uh, we'll find out more info on that during the week. Obviously he's not ridiculously hurt or else he wouldn't have come back in the game. But um, – I think you can attribute a little bit, a little bit of it to that. Uh, of course, it makes things harder when, when you're maybe a little, even if it's fine, when you're kind of mentally a little focused on, on what your knee looks like. I, I feel like that could probably make a little bit of a difference in maybe the delivery of some of your throws. So we'll have to keep tabs on that during the week. But I thought Milton overall with a really solid game, probably, like we said, the best half of football, maybe the best game he's had all year. Uh, and a lot of that is due to that running ability. But let's wrap up UTSA with one last question. Last week when we previewed the game, I asked, do you think you'll be satisfied with Tennessee's win? Of course, they beat Austin P in week two, but I don't think anyone left that stadium with kind of high hopes after that just because of the way Tennessee handled that FCS opponent. Of course, UTSA, a much better team than Austin P. But did you leave this time? with the win over kind of that, that lesser opponent, if you will, maybe in a, a more positive mindset about where Tennessee is? Yeah, I think overall, I mean, the third corner, quarter kind of lingers a little bit because you did see a little bit of a step back. And again, that, that could be attributed to, to Joe tweaking his knee there. But um, I think overall, if you're a Tennessee fan, you got to feel pretty good leaving that stadium, you know, 45 points the most. If you would have told me at this point in the season, I guess it's not the most because they had 49 against Virginia, but that it would take – you'd only have two games at this point with 40-plus points. I'd be a little bit surprised. But uh, overall, you know, you got to be pretty pleased with the way the offense responded given the way they played against Florida, against a solid UTSA team. Um, and then the defense, you know, had three takeaways, and that was kind of a positive sign for them, two of them coming in the secondary after the week that they had, the first half that they had against Florida, I should say. Um, so overall, uh, pretty positive feelings coming out of that. Um, but I think the third quarter was a little bit concerning, um, particularly defensively, the way UTSA, I think they scored on their first two drives of that half or of the second half. 
And uh, obviously, I know we're going to get to it here in a little in a minute, but you're going to be facing a really good quarterback on Saturday against South Carolina. So you're probably hoping a little bit that defense could play a little bit more consistently there in that third quarter. But overall, you know, they, they got that kind of like they did against Florida, made some adjustments and uh, got that kind of fixed there in the, later in the third and then in the fourth. And to give Tennessee the benefit of the doubt, at that point in the third quarter, they were heavily rotating yeah. guys into the game on the defensive. And, of course, you want to see better performance, especially with the backup quarterback in for UTSA. Technically, their third stringer, if everyone's healthy, in that quarterback for UTSA at that point, you would like to see your reserves do a little bit better. And, of course, there still were a handful of starters, and it was, it was still kind of a rotation, but – they got uh, 15 guys on the defensive line playtime and 14 guys in the secondary throughout the game. So a little bit of that is due to kind of inexperience, and, and hopefully they were able to maybe get some film off of uh, some of their errors and be able to grow from that from those two touchdown drives. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I would say there's – I saw some people on Twitter be like, I don't know why I'm still upset. I, I don't know why either because they looked <laughs> good throughout that game. Uh, that's your, I don't know if you're choosing to be upset if you went into that game just knowing you're going to be upset – and still lingering on the Florida loss, which I understand that Florida loss was really disappointing for Tennessee fans. But, I mean, I don't think you could ask for much better against UTSA than what you got on Saturday. And uh, it, it should make you feel at least a little bit better about heading into the South Carolina game. Uh, and let's talk about that South Carolina game. You just touched on the defense. Let's talk about the defense a little bit. Do you think they're going to fare better this time? 63 points allowed last year. Felt like every time South Carolina had the ball, Spencer Rattler was driving it down the field. You were missing Jeremy Banks, but one player isn't 63 points of value. So this defense has to step up, obviously. I'm sure South Carolina is going to come in with a very similar game plan to last year because why wouldn't you? You think this defense is going to be able to do a better job than last year in holding Spencer Rattler in South Carolina? Who is Spencer Rattler, by the way? South Carolina off to, I believe, a uh, – are they they're two and two with yeah. losses to UNC and Georgia? Just held on against Mississippi State and then beat an FCS opponent. Spencer Rattler hasn't looked bad in those games. He last week against Mississippi State, I believe the stat was he threw more touchdowns than he had in completions. I think <laughs> it was something like that. Yeah, it, it hasn't really been on him for the two losses, uh, which. He's had his fair share of criticism throughout his career. But anyway, back to the original question, how's the defense going to do against him in, in this offense? Yeah, I think they're going to be better than they were last year for, you know, a couple of reasons. Got a couple of things working their way. You're at home, which helps a lot. Um, it's going to be hard not to get up for this game if you're Tennessee, given the way, you know, the game happened last year in Columbia and the fact it's a night game at home. Uh, that, that should work in their favor. But also, you mean, you, you mentioned that, you know, some of South Carolina's struggles obviously don't fall on Spencer Rattler, but the offensive line has been shaky. And that was kind of their problem early on um, against North Carolina in particular, but I think against Georgia too, that he just hasn't had a lot of time and he, he's kind of scrambled for his life on a few plays. And he's made some plays, which is, is a credit to him, obviously, but we've seen Tennessee be really good at getting to the quarterback at times this year. I think that's going to work in their favor as well at home. Um, but I, I think – we talked about earlier in the year. I feel pretty good about those start most of those starters in the secondary. Um, you get into the rotating, you know, obviously there's some questions there with some guys with inexperience and things like that. But I do think that they'll be better because they're at home and because I think the defensive front can disrupt Spencer Rattler enough to where it's not going to be maybe I, I hate to use the word easy because he has 
he has had to work behind that offensive line there. But, you know, it, it will be more difficult for him on the road. Yeah, that, that offensive line is kind of the biggest key for me as well. In North Carolina game, Spencer Allard is running for his life. And yeah. North Carolina doesn't have a bad defense. They don't have a bad defensive line. But it's not like you were facing a Georgia defensive line, which, of course, we saw a couple weeks later <laughs> also have success. So, uh, yeah, I think Tennessee could have a lot of success in the defensive end if they can get to Spencer Rattler and make him get rid of the ball quickly. And you hear that and you might – like your first thought might be, well, then let's blitz the linebackers and let's get so let's really put some pressure on the offensive line. Well, I think if Tennessee can get pressure on the quarterback with just those four guys up front with, with those two ends and tackles, I mean, now you can drop back a lot of guys into coverage. And I think that that can really help you when you have seven guys uh, in coverage and you're getting pressure with those four up front. I think that could be a big difference in this game because, uh, I mean, that, that really takes away a lot of options for Spencer Rattler. He's getting pressure immediately. He has to make a quick decision. And now he he's going to be tough to find a guy quickly get open when there's that many guys dropping back into coverage. Uh, and, and I think that just gives you a, a lot of options if you're a Tennessee, if you can get home with those four. So that's a big key for me uh, right now is that pressure. But you, you talked about, the impact it makes at home. I want to touch on that a little bit more. Just how, how big of an impact is that? How, how big of a difference do you think it is for this Tennessee team? They haven't had a lot of success on the road under Josh Heupel. You think back to some of their biggest wins overtime against Pitt last year, not the best environment though. If we're being honest, Pitt doesn't really have the greatest home field advantage. You look to LSU last year, that that's a phenomenal win on the road. Um, 11 a.m. local kickoff, but Death Valley's always going to have a good showing. Uh, it's probably the two biggest road wins you can think of, uh, kind of off the top of your head, of course, last year. Also, dropping games to Georgia on the road. Uh, I don't know how that one would have played out at home either, but definitely made a big impact that it was on the road. Then the South Carolina game that we're kind of recapping now, also on the road. So, And then, of course, Florida this year. So how much of an impact do you think it makes for this team to be at home? some of their biggest wins at home, Florida, Alabama. Uh, and do you think that's going to be the difference against South Carolina, or would you still be confident if this game was in Columbia? I, I think it. I think it's going to be the difference. I think this team thrives off home. You mentioned some of the struggles away, but, I mean, they've been really good under Josh Heupel at Neyland Stadium. I think 14-3 and three, if you include the UTSA game last week. And I think their last loss would have been maybe Georgia in 21 at home. So, um it's been an incredible advantage for them, particularly in big games. You mentioned Florida and Alabama. Um, I think that's going to help a lot, and I think it's going to help the guys kind of thrive off that energy and the crowd. I know that, that may sound a little bit cliche, maybe a little coach speak, but uh, <laughs> I, I do think that's going to help tremendously, and, I, and it does make me feel better. I think if this game was in Columbia, um, I don't know why that line opened the way it did, double digits. I'm, I'm a little bit shocked by that. Um given the way, you know, Tennessee's defense has kind of looked the last couple of weeks at times and, and the success Spencer Rattler's had. Um, I, I do think, though, that 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 has to play a factor in some way for people to be, you know, giving Tennessee some confidence here. Uh, but, yeah, I, I definitely think that's going to help. And I think that, um, you know, you'll, you'll see that show up on Saturday. Yeah, that, that line uh... – was a very surprising for me as well. I was expecting maybe something like five yeah. around there, but almost a two-touchdown favorite. was a little bit of a shock for me as well. Uh, I don't know if it's an overreaction to what UTSA uh, 
hap- what that game happened, uh, or if it was South Carolina being two and two and barely beating a, a kind of struggling Mississippi State team. Uh, I don't know if struggling is the, the fairest term, but maybe not the strongest UTA or strongest Mississippi State team. That line w- was very surprising as well. But yeah, I think being at home makes a big difference for this Tennessee team. Something that needs to change is how they play on the road. You, you can't win. You can't have a lot of great seasons if you can't win on the road. So that's going to need to change. And we're going to need to see that change this year with some tough road games coming up in Tuscaloosa, in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, pretty soon on the schedule for those two. Those obviously need to be uh, those road woes need to be corrected for those games. But yeah, I, I think it's going to make a big difference that it's at home. I think it's going to make things a lot tougher for South Carolina's offense. Obviously, the crowd should be really into this one. And a big reason for that is because Tennessee fans have not forgot about what happened last year. So that's going to transition me into this next question. What about the team? Do you think the team is going to be emotional for this one anyway? A lot of the roster was on the team last year. Even guys that didn't necessarily play a lot last year, even if you think about a guy like Joe Milton, who only came in after Hendon Hooker's injury, that's still got to be an emotional loss for him, uh, losing in Columbia to South Carolina. So outside of maybe a guy like Gabe Judy Lolly or Dante Thornton, who are transfers and, and weren't on the team, or maybe like an Arian Carter, who is a freshman now, there might not be that emotional edge for them. But a lot, like I said, a lot of this roster is, is turnover from last year. What do you think the emotions are going to be like for this team? Do you think it's going to be something that is they're going to thrive off of and build off of? Do you think it's going to be something that um, distracts them in any way? Or do you think it's going to be something that they don't really buy into? I'm sure when we talk to Hypo today, he'll say it's any other game. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's the reality. So what do you think it's actually going to look like? Yeah, I was just going to say here in, in about two hours, um, I was looking forward to Hypo downplaying it. But yeah. I, I do think that it is. I think that emotion will be there. Uh, for all those guys that took part in that, because that, I mean, it, it wasn't just the loss itself. It was, it knocked you out of the college football playoff. You know, it, it obviously derailed Hendon Hooker's really Heisman campaign and, and a really historic season for him, a great season for him. And now he's going to miss uh, probably his first year of NFL football. Yeah. He's an injury. Yeah, so it kind of – it's still the thought of that lingers. We heard about it all offseason, obviously mostly from fans, not so much from the players. But, yeah. you know, the, how would it not? You know, how would that not stick in your mind if you were on that team and, and saw that and, and were a part of that? And, and, and you, know, you, ask, you ask a good question there. It, it'll either distract you to the point that, you know, you, know, you, you can't play, you know, your standard, up to your standard, or it, you'll thrive off it. And that's where I think the crowd kind of helps too. Um, because, you know, those fans, you know, another sellout crowd, 102,000 fans are be feeling, you know, maybe not to the extent because they weren't on the team, but that loss, they remembered that too. So it's, it's, yeah, I think, I think they're going to kind of feed off each other. And I think that's something that, you know, has stuck in their mind since last November. Um, they did a good job last year of not letting that linger, uh, going into that Vanderbilt game and then going into the orange bowl. Um, so I think that was good that they didn't, you know, keep that that game in their mind but I think now this week it, it is that the memory of that and playing at home I think absolutely helps in that as well so yeah I agree I, I do think that the uh the emotions of that are still it will play a factor on Saturday yeah I, I think the score makes a difference too if Tennessee yeah. lost last year 
38 to 35 in a last second field goal. That stings. That sucks. I still think you're you're kind of mad at South Carolina and yeah. you're, you're really upset with what happened, obviously. But it being a 63 to 38 game and you just get ran out of the stadium in a game that no one expected you to. And again, that I mean, even if you talk to South Carolina fans before the game, they were like, yeah, don't run it up too much on us. Like it, it would, they had no expectations yeah. of winning and you just got throttled in Columbia. I think that that makes it sting a little bit more that you weren't even competitive really in the game. It, it, it was pretty quickly over. So I think it'd be tough for them. And, and like, like we both said, I think they're going to say publicly to the media, Hey, I mean, yeah, we, we treat every game the same and, and you do treat every game the same. I, I believe that you go into every game kind of, you go into UTSA with the same approach you go into South Carolina, but mentally I think it's going to be a little bit more emotional heading into a South Carolina game. And I think it's more of an emotional aspect that where you'll see it the most will be the fan base, will be how loud it gets, how loud it is early, how packed the stadium is, how kind of hostile of an environment it is. But, yeah, for the players, they, they can't let it distract them. And, and I'm sure that's something the coaches have been hammering home uh, or will hammer home throughout the entire week. But it, it's going to be interesting to see kind of – how feisty maybe it gets on the field, how, how much of a rivalry it looks like because Tennessee, South Carolina's it's getting spicy on the football field recently. Even thinking back to Josh Heupel and Shane Beamer's first years over in Neyland when Josh Heupel ran up the score on Shane Beamer and, and how kind of interesting that one got. It's become a, a fairly interesting rivalry that if the, if the division still stood after this year and, there was still a, a yearly game against Tennessee and South Carolina. I'd be really interested to see kind of how this progressed into maybe one of those new age rivalries for Tennessee football. But uh, I can't imagine that they'll play each other more than every other year with the new format, even if they moved to a different schedule. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how this dynamic plays out. But definitely something to look out for this Saturday is how not only the fans, but how these players respond. Last question, Noah. What is your biggest key to success? Of course, I do the, the keys to success every Friday leading into the game, but I want to hear what your biggest key is heading into this game. What will be the one thing Tennessee needs to do to make the difference to win? You know, I, I kind of w- want to say defense. I think that's kind of an obvious one considering what happened last year against Spencer Rattler. But I, I'm going to go with the offense. I'm going to go with starting fast. We obviously saw it against UTSA, saw it against Florida, Last week. Now, Florida, they weren't able to sustain that momentum, maybe because they were on the road or or what have you, or maybe because of Florida's adjustments or or whatever it was. But you did see a quick start there, you know, with the the first touchdown drive. And then obviously Joe Milton's 81 yard run last week. I think that's going to be huge on Saturday. You're at home. I I think if you can start quickly um, and then get, get back to the way you played last year, force them to play catch up. And if your defense can make some stops on South Carolina, which I think they will, um, you know, with, the, with South Carolina's offensive line, I think that's going to be huge starting quickly and maybe getting a couple scores on your first couple drives. Um, so I'm going I'm to go with that. That's going to be the biggest key for me is, is a quick start for this offense for the third straight week and, and being able to sustain it. I think that's a really good one just because if you do fall in a hole – Uh, it'll be tough to climb out. We've already seen Tennessee struggle to climb out of some early holes, uh, obviously. Against Florida, you take that early lead, but Florida starts to pile it on, and then Tennessee can't really claw back out of it. 
Austin P falling to an early hole. Obviously, you're able to survive that game, but kind of uh, wasn't an easy effort to get out of to get out of that one before kind of pulling away there. So Tennessee falls into an early hole against South Carolina, like they did last year. I I, I agree, it could be a lot tougher for them to find their way out of it and, and see a lot of success. So. I think that's a good thing to look out for. If Tennessee can come out, score on that first drive, maybe score on their second drive, get a stop in between, and build a little bit of a lead, I think that this one could start to to really lean the momentum towards Tennessee. And, and momentum's a, a tricky thing on if you believe it's real or not. Hypel said after the Florida loss, which I thought was interesting, was like, it's real if you let it be real, where you could let it be real in a good way as well as a bad way in that you you could really start to kind of reach your next level of play, I feel like, if you get off to that early start and, and really start to build some confidence in your play on the field. So I, I think that is a, a great point. I think that's something interesting to look out for. But that is all we have for today. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, though, because we will be talking with South Carolina rival site Alan Cole. Great guy. Uh, has a lot of insight on the Gamecocks. Should put a good picture into what they look like this year compared to last year and and kind of what he expects this game to look like from the South Carolina reporter perspective. So make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Don't miss that later this week. Head over to ballreport.com for all of our written content and hop in the message board where we've had some great discussion as we are really full swing in the football season. Second SEC game coming up. You're you're mostly through your out-of-conference schedule. Of course, UConn sitting on later to be played, but it really feels like football season now, both NFL and college football getting going. So hop over in the forum, come discuss it with us. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Links to everything you need is in the description below. And thank you for watching.